2: Welcome to Table Manners, I'm Jessie Ware. And I'm your mother. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, Mum? All right,
1: darling. I know who I am
2: today. Well, because you've got your pinny on that has your name on. Yeah. (laughs) Helps. It's very chic, Mum. You look ready to either be on Celebrity MasterChef or The Great British Menu. The
1: Great British Menu. I've just finished watching the final. How and it was, was it?
2: thrilling. Was Olly Marlowe in the final?
1: The young guy.
2: Aulis. He worked at Aulis. Yes. Yes. Simon Rogan talked about Aulis when he was on our podcast. Oh, before. he
1: was fantastic, Ollie.
2: Well, speaking of Michelin star chefs, we've had quite a few on the podcast before. How many? What, what, Raymond Blanc. Raymond Blanc. Simon Rogan. Simon Rogan. Tom Kerridge. And this is somebody that I've been trying to get. For years, we've been trying to get it going Jesse, for... why is that? Because I've had one of my best meals there.
1: I looked at his menu. So it's quite eclectic, isn't it? It's not just Chinese food. It's pretty
2: much Chinese food, Mum. His, his set menu's called A Taste of China.
1: Yeah, lots of
2: it's Chinese and it's... Re...
1: Where's he from? Is he from Hong Kong or...? No, he's from... D- I
2: think he's from London. And he... The whole story is that he studied chemistry at Oxford University and then he... I don't know whether he was kicked out or he left, but he went to work at his family's restaurant at the age of 22 and just developed the family business and now has... He uses amazing produce. It's honestly one of the best set menus I've ever had. And you can sit at the kitchen counter. So you're on the counter oh, so and he'll you watch feel like on the pass. Yeah, and so you watch at the past. And I have to say, he was a little snappy with his uh, fellow chefs, but I, oh, gosh, I dug it. Ooh, a little, he give met his match money. darling <laughs> but um he was very charming but oh my god he ran a tight ship oh god well i'm gonna stay out the way it was so exciting i swear he always sees me when i'm pregnant because i think i was there and i had to get mocktails but we i went for my birthday years ago and it's this really small beautiful restaurant his wife is uh, front of house and she's just charming. And it's just real family vibes, but with the most exciting Chinese food I've ever had. Most exciting food I've had, like, it, it, honestly, it was such a memorable time. He got a second Michelin star this year, I think.
1: Fantastic.
2: Um, so he's got two. And he is just really nice. I really, really liked him. It's such exciting food. And he's making the mains. So that's nice.
1: It's very nice, darling. I hope he doesn't mind having my onion rice.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult when, when a Michelin star... Chef and Didn't know what somebody to do. who does Chinese cuisine, which is very out of your remit. Like that's yeah. not what you do.
1: Didn't have a clue. I mean, I've just panicked.
2: Maybe you can't be on Celebrity Master Chef. I don't know.
1: What do you mean? Of course
2: I could. But you panic. Well, I panicked. Shout.
1: Uh, yeah, I at would. Monica. Monica.
2: And then, <laughs> and then you defend her, and they keep it all in the edit.
1: Yeah. No, I'm not going
2: on it. So yes. So on the menu tonight, Andrew Wong is bringing. A dish that he put up on Instagram, which looked friggin' great. So I'm really happy that he's bringing I that. To get cooking the veggies, darling. This is what we're having. I've made dessert. Cod. Mum, cod cheeks steamed on the bone with salted, pickled and fresh chilies. The most incredible silky texture to the cheek our gift to all our guests as we welcome you back. He wants my onion rice with it. Look mum, the onion rice is legendary. Is it? And then what's for Pud?
1: I've made an apple, walnut, honey and
2: yoghurt cake. I feel like just go fully away from... I just didn't know what to do, darling. That sounds lovely. Double Michelin star chef, Andrew Wong, finally coming up on Table Manners. Cheers. 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 What does it
3: say Cheers. in Chinese? Ganbei. Ganbei.
1: Ganbei! Yeah. And which part of... China, are, you, are your family from China or Hong Kong?
3: So my mother is from Hong Kong. My, father was, my father's side of the family was from Sichuan, which is in the centre. Yeah. Which is obviously famous for really spicy Sichuan, food. Yeah. So this dish is actually not from Sichuan. It's from Hunan, which is... Hunan swi- province. Hunan province, yeah.
1: Hunan. So that's famous. Hunan, Hunan is
3: famous. The restaurant is very famous in, in Sloan Square. Yes, yeah, Michael Pang and Mr. Pang's restaurants. Um, and, uh, you know, Hunan food is kind of similar to Sichuanese food, but it doesn't have the Sichuan peppercorns. Oh, mm. right. So that's the big major difference between Sichuanese food and Hunanese okay. food. Okay.
1: So I had my honeymoon in Hong Kong. Did you really? Mm. Oh, La- last year? No,
2: Dad didn't year turn up for... How many days did Dad not turn he up for? He came three days after. Needless <laughs> to say, they didn't stay married. <laughs> we, we
1: didn't stay together. But I loved Hong Kong. I thought it was a very exciting place. Have you been...
3: So last time I was there was November two thousand and nineteen. Oh, really? Recently. Quite recent, yeah. I was, uh, but there's different. I was in a casino in Macau.
1: Quick oh, here. I. Well, yeah. and we stayed <laughs> at the Sunset Hotel. That's the casino. <laughs> Are there
2: and, lots of casinos in Macau? Lots of oh, casinos in Macau.
1: I've got to. Yeah. There was only one then. So I went for a massage, and. Um, you went ma- for a
3: massage in Macau.
1: In Macau, yeah. Really. And it was (laughs) was okay, but they offered my husband a massage and offered to massage other parts that other people hadn't reached before. And he said, no, I'm not like that. But they massaged me fine. It was okay. But we stayed in this very funny hotel in Macau that served kippers and
3: porridge. Well, you know, Macanese cuisine is very unique, right? So Macanese, it's ex-Portuguese, kind of has African, Singaporean, Chinese... Loads of influences from we all over the world. had a
1: spicy chicken dish that blew my mouth that I was still hot for three yeah. days later.
3: You know, I mean, Macanese would would really kind of see themselves as being connected to China. And they have things like bechamel sauce on their menu, which is weird. Just mm. having like cheesy fish yeah. sauce or Amazing. they have like chicken curry or they yeah. have like, you know, grilled prawns, which you, would, which you would sometimes associate with being kind of Mediterranean or, or kind of... Um, it's not something like Greek or, or whatnot, but it actually it's, it's very traditional Macanese food.
2: Yeah. So mum, this is why you need to go to A1, because is it still called a t- taste of China? At the, it is, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Set yeah. Menu, yeah. The set menu, kind of the tasting menu. And he takes you all around, different well, regions. If, if you'd taken me last time, darling, Sorry, I was going yeah. for my birthday dinner with my husband, oh. and we got to sit. What's the number of the counter that you call it? Eight. Why is
3: that? Just because it's lucky
1: number. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it was the most phenomenal tasting menu. So you'd be. Jesse's having...
1: not stopped talking about how fabulous it was. Oh, You're very and it's kind.
2: been over two years because last time I saw you, I was pregnant with my last child. So cease, stop it. I know, I know. <laughs> it means that I'm due an A Wong meal. That's what yeah. I need to do. But I just remember there was this like cumin lamb burger that yes. you did. Was it? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. So that's a celebration that in the of north? Kind of western was that, part of China. Kind of nearer to like Muslim regions. Yes. yes.
3: Yeah, yeah. Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan. So obviously people don't know, but actually a third of the land mass of China is kind of western China, which is Xinjiang province. And the religion there is, is Islam. Are you kidding. Yeah, yeah. So actually there's a lot of Jewish. Uh, there's a big massive Are Jewish kidding? community in China as well. Where? Yeah, they're called the Kai- Kaifa Kai-fer-Ju- really? Jewish community. Yeah. so interesting. Yeah. And so this area is completely Islamic. And what's unique about it is obviously that pork is a massive part of a Chinese diet because it's the thing that we use to bind things with. It's the go-to for kind of lubricating dishes with with lard. Um, And actually the word for for meat in general in Chinese is actually pork. So if you go on a menu and it says sweet and sour meat, that means it's sweet and sour pork. But obviously in that entire region there's no pork in the diet. So there's a lot of kind of uh, lamb, goat, and actually the cooking methods are very unique as well. They use kind of like tandoors in the ground. And um, use spices, which are kind of connected to the Ottoman Empire. So they use a lot of cumin, um, a lot of kind of mixtures of different uh, spices. Uh, they use a lot of pomegranate, a lot oh, of like pickled gorgeous. onions. It's,
2: honestly, this menu. You, is have just... you written
3: books about food besides cookery books? I tried to write a book once. It didn't sell very well, so I, I don't know when we're ever going to write another oh. one. Everyone starts out with great intentions, and <laughs> I imagine that it, you know I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna find time to write this, and obviously you go, you end up writing. But you're it.
1: busy. You're open. Six days a week.
3: Over oh, five, but we work six. Five,
2: and do you still have the, the, the other restaurant? Is it ki- is it? Killing? We closed that one.
3: Yeah, we I closed did. that one uh, last July. And because
2: of COVID, was it just too hot? Yeah,
3: it's because it's COVID. And well, I, it, it
2: was in the city, right? Isn't it the the city? So it's like which has been dead for that. Like, it's the pretty last much
3: week. dead. But I, you know, I think it's one of those things. Actually, you know, you with these kind of times, you kind of reassess what you're good at and what you're not good at, and you reassess whether you're not your good manager or not. So were you doing food boxes, meals? No, I purposely didn't do food boxes because I couldn't stand the sight of seeing any more of them on social media. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then what was lockdown like for you and your lockdown. family? You've got two kids. I've got
3: two kids. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who does things by extreme. So if I work, I work, like, non-stop. And
1: when and you were on lockdown... When I'm in my
3: underpants watching Netflix, I could do that for days... <laughs> like yeah, without a bit
2: like with, with no problem were you living off these super noodles I, oh yeah my yeah I need there. to see these super noodles I'm mean, just my, loving this I'm, idea we're that not, A Wong who gets his double, uh, two Michelin stars during Covid well it was during Covid well kind of yeah, yeah. it was it
1: was Jessie we're not having my rice
2: if with that meal I'm telling you well what <laughs> This
1: is what we want. This what is this? no, you don't
3: have to oh, stand this line. Oh, yeah, okay. this. This I've this.
2: seen these in the super Chinese supermarkets. Yeah. The, yeah,
3: they started to sell them in in kind of um, high street supermarkets. Right. The, yeah. the, okay, the, the sesame flavour is the original sesame. So yeah.
2: tell us about why you've brought these noodles to Mum's house, amongst you know the right. champagne and the cod's head. I mean, why these super noodles?
3: You want the truth or the yeah. other embellished truth? The truth is that I went shopping for the restaurant yesterday in four different places to buy kind of missing stock. Um, and this was left in my bag from the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the embellished truth is actually, it's such an important part of being um,
2: Do Chinese. like
3: these? Yes. Everyone has to like them, or you're not allowed to call Jesse, yourself why Chinese. why
2: don't you let your children eat them? I would. I just, I, I guess I've never really given them super noodles. Uh, would you call them super noodles, or just noodles?
3: They us call them noodles. So it's called yeah. instant noodles. Yeah. yeah, instant noodles. Anyway, back to your question. Do you unlock, unlock that? So, yeah, so the, the important thing is actually, like, for the entirety of their lives, we haven't really spent much time with them. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you can relate to that at all. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when you're working in this industry, like you very rarely see your well, I never really saw my parents, Well, children example. under
1: five really were advantaged by lockdown because they got to spend so much time with their parents. Well, well exactly. Yeah. You know, and so they weren't doing homeschooling all the time.
3: Sure. Well, you know, I attempted it and oh, I, right. I gave up on that pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, it was nice to be at home and, and spend time with my own kids as opposed to the, the 30 kids that I, I spend time with in, at work every single day. Um, <laughs> and you know it was not it was nice because i'm not used to it you know and people said oh you know you spent too much time with my kids but actually you know we were still working mm. during the day there was a lot of stuff to do like random stuff you know the first lockdown was just kind of like getting over the shock and trying to find a plan mm. which, which obviously takes a time you know and once you, so get... you
1: didn't work at all during the first lockdown
3: it was all kind of like um admin press admin yeah. training and also we we started a podcast, sorry. Yes, let's talk yes. about the podcast. Yes, so um, we work with my friend, Dr. Daz at SOAS. So um, I apparently graduated in social anthropology. So, did you? Yeah. You've
2: got like a bit of a kind of, it's a checker, not a checker, but like you've had a different route with education. Didn't you start at Oxford?
3: Sure. Yeah, I did. So, so yeah, no, I'm And then finished life. at SOAS? And, no, finished at LSE.
2: Okay. Yeah, wow. so...
3: So the, the thing is, you know, a lot of, a lot of chefs kind of, they, they get into cooking because um, they maybe weren't so great at academic stuff. I mean, I was alright at academic stuff. You know, my, no, my parents were Chinese, so we got... They made you work home. Where did yeah. you grow up? I, grew up? I grew up in London. Yeah. I grew up in London. Um, Whereabouts? In Dulwich first, and then in Victoria. And I was, I was good at school. I was always good at school. My, my parents were really big on education.
1: Why did you move?
3: Because we had to be close to the restaurant.
1: So your dad's restaurant
3: was there. Yeah, my dad's restaurant is, is on the site that we have the restaurant now, oh, which, is in Pimlaco, which is in Pimlico. Which is in Pimlico. It's
2: just beautiful. Yeah. Is it? It's not Ebury Street, is it? V- no?
3: Wilton Road. So Walton posh road. people say Pimlico. Non-posh people call it um, no. Non-posh people call it Victoria. Right. Posh people call it Pimlico. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> or they call it Bel- Southern Belgravia.
2: Oh my god! But it is a really sweet little road. It's a lovely. Isn't yeah. It? So it's, that's it's, where your parents' restaurant was. Yes, it's
3: 1985. Um, and so when when we moved to the Kimmico, and what was the name
2: of the restaurant?
3: Kim's. So that's, Kim's. that's my grandmother's maiden name.
1: Kim.
3: Um, so we went to school, and then we'd go finish school. We'd go to the restaurants. The chefs would cook for us. We would, you know, we would entertain ourselves by joking around with the staff, and then we'd get locked in my dad's office while he was working. We would. I always remember there was a, a photocopier. We would photocopy our asses and photocopy our faces because <laughs> there's nothing else to do. Um, and then I went to I went to I went to school because my which my, school
1: did you which school.
3: I went to school, the City of London. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: that's you were, that's you were a very posh, then. That's a posh, clever school.
3: Yep, yeah, with a massive Jewish community. Know. Yeah, City so of London I, boys learned, I learned I learned so much about uh, Jewish so religion. So you know about matzables. I know. Uh, yeah. I you know. We used to have basically Friday afternoons off, um, <laughs> because the classes were so empty um oh, that's you know, so funny yeah in 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 the second year when everyone Bet was your having, parents love that they didn't know
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they just received the bills for f- school fees um you know it, in in the second year where everyone's having their mitzvahs, you know it was like party central Wild. Yeah. time, yeah, yeah. and uh, when you when they got to when we got to gc's everyone had a remember everyone had a vw polo oh
2: my <laughs> god <laughs> God, <laughs> ripping
3: around the roads of north london and, and um, you know education was always really big in my family like my my grandfather was like in the army and he valued education above everything he used to always say that education is the only thing that people can't take away from you yeah. um which I've just really weirdly started to tell other people this yeah. even though I used to like cringe when he used to tell me
1: can
2: you get more drink
1: out darling oh God, yeah.
2: um okay okay so about the the meal just quickly because I'm going to tend to it because my mum says that I don't help enough and she was very scared about cooking for you for us it's really exciting having chefs on yeah um, but also slightly daunting. So you, we always ask the chef to bring something. Yeah, but
3: chefs are the easiest people to cook for. I mean, I, I don't know about other chefs, I'm the easiest person. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, ever complained in a restaurant. I think I complained once. Why? In a beach club um, in in Dubai. Yeah. Because it was a bit, um, it wasn't really my scene anyway. Yeah. And then they were like, they gave my kids like chips with literally a kilo of salt inside. Oh no, and that's then, so good. And then they said that it was my fault. Why? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Did you go? Hang <laughs> and, on a minute. And I was like, hang on a minute. Um, and then you know, you know, you never ever want to be that, that person who goes, well, you know, I'm a chef, but then they go, oh, well, you know, it's not really salty, and you're sitting there like cringing, oh. like your face is rich is screwing up. I hate it when they tell the you chips. you
1: know something is salty or cold, and they say <laughs> it's not
2: really, and you say, but I'm tasting it, it is. So we've cooked for you. Well, we haven't really cooked for you because you have brought the main, which actually okay. I saw I on haven't the Insta- cooked anything. <laughs> we were really stressing out about what to cook with, with this yes. cod head. I've just done some rice. Cod cheek. Cod, cod cheek. Cod, I've yeah. just done some rice, but I, we don't have to serve it. We can just eat it. No, rice is good. And then with the greens... Jesse's doing uh, that. Yeah, but I mean, I'm doing it, but I'm just trying to keep it really simple. Yeah,
3: even though I just spoil them, just throwing them in the sauce.
2: Oh. oh. Jesse, should I do that then? So should no, I, not need just, to, I think you need to... Should I cook them a little bit? Yeah, I'll cook yeah, them a little bit. Yeah, just cook them a little bit. Okay, yeah, and yeah. then spoil them with the sauce. I love mm. that.
1: Yeah. brilliant so I want to know I bet your parents didn't want you to be a chef
3: absolutely not no no they no and actually I, I didn't want to be a chef
1: what did you want to be I
3: don't know something where I didn't have to do much work and so, get paid a lot of money <laughs> <laughs>
1: what did you study at university
3: so I, I I initially studied chemistry at Oxford do you like chemistry I loved chemistry up it's until the point when I got subject, there it's a challenging subject isn't it yeah I think so but I think it's challenging in a nice way yeah, think, yeah 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 I think the only point is when you get to university and you actually have to study it properly, it becomes a different, you know, it's like, it's like when you enjoy cooking, but then you become a chef and it's like, well, it's yeah. not so fun anymore. But
1: what were the other chemistry students like? Were they a bit geeky? No.
3: And actually, you know, I, I always say the most beautiful thing that I learned from my time in Oxford yeah. was that actually people are just people. 18-year-olds um, are just 18-year-olds. So it doesn't matter where you're studying, what your background is. Basically, when you go to university, there's only really two things you were interested in. And studying not one of them. Uh, drinking's one, and I won't say what the other yeah. is. Um, and actually, that's a universal across
1: near enough. Did you meet your wife at Totsky?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't, but I've known my wife since we were 12. Yeah, you're now kidding? I'm 39. How? My parents were family friends um, with her family. And she's from the Seychelles.
1: Oh, yeah. How interesting. So, so
3: people always ask, like, why did you bother come to England? It can't be for Andrew, and it can't be for the weather. So, <laughs> why are you in London? Um, luckily, she um, She'd
1: always, she was always here.
3: She 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 saw something in me. Uh, she didn't know she she oh. she came in for holiday when I first met her at twelve. Really, but she only really moved here when she was twenty twenty something, um, and we started working together in my parents' restaurant. Uh, we used to be. We used to be front of house together, actually, and um, I used to... At your parents' restaurant? Yeah, and then we used to go out a lot, and basically, she's really hardcore. I don't know whether or not it's, it's just her, or it's, um, I think, ladies in general are stronger than men, in the sense, like, going out and then just go straight to work, whereas I just passed out on, like, the back PDR table at the back for the whole of lunch shift.
1: Oh, my God.
3: And then my dad would walk in, going, where's my son? And she would pretend to cover for me, going... Oh, you know, he's just doing stock take downstairs, and really, I like passed out. Recovering, Yeah. And she was still working fine after about 10 vodkas and oranges. It's just like, wow, how is this possible? Um, you know, she's an incredible lady. I mean, she... she she's
2: beautiful. Yeah, definitely. She's, she's front of house. She yeah. still works at the restaurant. She, works, she
3: works at the restaurant. She, she worked at the restaurant up until the week before Isla was born. Um, where literally she would walk up to the door to try and open a door for people. people, and her, her belly would, <laughs> her belly would whack the door handle, and every we kept on telling her to stop working. She's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Um, but you know, she's very stubborn as well. And I remember when my son was born, he was born on Christmas Day, and she was like, oh, I won't need to take any time off work now um, because it was our during our Christmas oh, that break. Sounds like you just. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, I I can't. I couldn't ever do that. I don't think, you know, I can work hard, but I've got a funny thing that if I had to carry a baby around for nine months and then you were telling me to go straight to work after ejecting, um, I don't think I could probably do it. I think I'd probably collapse in a big pile of mess in the corner somewhere.
2: So so you met, when did you fall in love?
3: Um, I think
2: we always,
3: you'd have to ask her.
2: Was your first kiss in that restaurant?
3: No, 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 no. Jessie... Please.
1: Well no, I
2: really No. these important details. You know, I think
1: that, I think the
3: biggest thing is when, when we were working together, I got thrown out of university when I was studying chemistry. Why, Why? did you get thrown out? Are you allowed to talk about yeah, it? Yeah, okay, of course I got you know, it's um it's part of growing up, I think. I think like, you know, I came from an environment where it was an all boys school and, you know, you did sport, you did you know, you did rugby, you did football and you're surrounded by just boys all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and then you get to university, it's like, wow, boys only make up half of the world's oh, population. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> and it's like, wow, you can have so much fun at university. You're no longer at home. Um, you get given a student loan for doing nothing, um, to apparently live off. But obviously, most of it gets spent on, on evening nights out. Um, and then you, you, you forget that you, university, actually, you're meant to do a little bit of that thing called studying. And you didn't. Um, you just rebelled a bit. I don't know if it was about rebelling. I think he was
1: just feeling his feet, darling.
3: I think maybe I was just so happy that I got there. I forgot to, what to do after oh, I got there. Oh, your parents must have been so proud. Yeah, they were so proud. They didn't last long though.
2: Yeah, how did they feel <laughs> when the older uh, boot came? <laughs> oh my god.
3: I, I don't know because it was. You were just kind of ran, like, kind of rolled with it for like a year and a half until I went back into university. Okay. Um, and then they really wanted me to do law. Of um, course and ref- they did. And I refused to do law. Oh,
1: my um, God. So I studied
3: social anthropology, <gasps> pretending I was studying social anthropology with You're law. You're
1: so naughty.
3: I know. Um, and obviously they were like, what are you studying? And um, my parents are really Chinese. I didn't even know what anthropology was. And they couldn't even pronounce it. I,
1: I had a struggle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but it was it was a great three years. Not so much about studying, studying, but kind of like there were little bits of it that were really interesting. So were, really were LSE? Yeah.
1: And it's known for its good thinkers?
3: It's known for it, its economics. Yeah.
2: Economics, <laughs> so like, but then so how but do,
1: clever people also. There were
3: there are some very very clever people there. Yeah.
2: So when did the pull back into the family restaurant happen?
3: Right. So when I was when I was at LSE, yeah. um, I was enrolling for the second year, and my father passed away. Oh, so. Um, so my my mum at that time had um, some restaurants mm. uh, with my father, and so I just went back to help out basically, mm. and I went back to help out. And then I kind of realised that actually, if you really want to help out, you really need to kind of understand the ins and outs of a mm-hmm. restaurant, which ultimately means you need to learn to cook. Um, had you
2: ever cooked before then? No, no,
3: just the, these lovely noodles. That, oh,
2: okay. <laughs> so And you hadn't had any interest?
3: I hadn't had any interest, no. Were I'm you a, a good eater? I don't know if I was a good eater, but my, my, my dad, throughout our childhood, was really big on... Um, doing what in Chinese they call guan sik, which means experience as a as a phrase. But actually, if you break down the two words, it means to see and to understand. Mm. And he always took us to loads of different restaurants to 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 see and understand how how the other half lived. Um, I remember, you know, I remember going to um, uh, Le Rangier on St James's Street with him. I remember he took us to Mark Pierre White's restaurant. Uh, at Oak Room when we were kids. Wow. Um, Did
2: you appreciate it? Or no, not? of course not. No, okay. Yeah, yeah.
3: But I do remember that we yeah. ate something there where I thought, this is delicious. And then you go to other restaurants and order the same item, but ooh, it's nowhere near the same. So that was a kind of a, a thing growing up. But then when I, when I went back into cooking, um, initially it was just, oh, well, let's just learn the basics. Let's learn the basics so that if the kitchen ever have a coup and walk out mm. at least we can maybe get through the day or the week
2: so what were those basics
3: those basics kind of like just understanding um basic processes understanding that how to make a basic sauce uh understanding how to blanch vegetables um and then obviously you, you when you learn this stuff you learn it at, at college where they all concentrate on western cookery um and of course chinese cookery is very very different um, across the board well um, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin it, it's a very very different set of rules and parameters yeah um and so but it was good to understand but you're clever
1: that. and you've done chemistry
3: you know what i did a lot of work by myself so i remember during that whole period there was about a six-year period where i would uh, learn western cookery and try to understand i knew nothing i remember i used to go to cooking college and had no idea what they were talking about like they were talking about julie and this and this and brunoise that and i also had to wing it because I didn't want to sign up to level one or level two because that was just like. So, you'd done your your degree
1: by this time? I'd
3: done my degree. And And then
1: your dad passed away. Yeah, you're trying to keep the kitchen going. So,
3: what I know, but at that point, I was doing university. I was going to work, going to university because, you know, when you go to LSE, you only go up for like three hours a week or whatever it is. Then I'd go to work. Then I'd go to evening college twice a week. Then I'd go back to work again. Um, And I did that for like two years. Um, And then after that, I decided to go to China, so I went to China because my mum. Well, I told my mum I wanted to go, and then she rang up all her friends. She must and, have been in so the pleased she wanted to go. No, she was like, "Are you sure you don't want to study law?" Sh- oh, no, no, yeah. no I no, I forgot but to say. Did just, she
1: want to keep the restaurant going?
3: No, I think my mum was just. Given up by that point, she was just like tired. of was, was
2: she cooking?
3: No, my mum's a terrible cook, <laughs> and my mum used to send us to school with sugar sandwiches. And <laughs> back then, back then when it wasn't illegal, like if I took, if I gave my kids sugar sandwiches now, I'm pretty sure the kid, the teacher would be ringing me up.
1: How old was your dad when he passed away? Not old. I
3: think he was like under fifty. Oh, shit. Yeah, under fifty. He died very, very quickly. It was like a like a four month process from from being diagnosed to to passing away. Um. So yeah, it, it was just kind of that whole period was just kind of just, just not really understand what's going on. Just, just roll with it. Mm. And then my mum was just like, okay, you want to go to China? You sure you don't want to go to law school? I'd enrolled for law school and I'd got in. And on the way to the induction, I just didn't show up. I, I, I literally, I was on the tube to Temple Station and I just got off the train and went back. I'd paid for uh, enrollment and everything. That was the day to go collect your books or something.
1: And you thought, it wasn't for me. Yeah,
3: and I remember I read the thing. They said, bring a suitcase. I was like, sod that. Like but anything that boys yeah, they're like, bring a suitcase to your books. I'm like, this is not for me.
2: And what did you think about when you were on that train on the way home? Were you like, I'm going to have to tell my mum?
3: I don't know, my mum at that point, in, state, uh, in, that point in, in our lives, she was very kind of supportive for a Chinese mother in the sense that she was just kind of like, you do what you have to do, I'm going to continue to nag the hell out of you. But you do what you want to do and we'll 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 work with it. Mm. And I remember even when we opened the restaurant in 2012, it was carnage. Like, you know, we just we, we sit now, sit down now with a two mission star restaurant and we we now are so fortunate to have 30 odd incredible staff at the restaurant. But when we first opened, I didn't know what I was doing. We'd ran out of, we did I forgot to buy the black bin bags. Like we forgot I'd forgotten so much stuff. I I didn't understand how to run a restaurant properly. Because um, it was all kind of self-taught, um, and you know the only way to kind of deal with it at the time was just to get frustrated and to get angry. And mm. I remember we we must have lost maybe fifty chefs in like a month.
1: Why? Because um, you could cross.
3: C- cross is a very nice word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cross, <laughs> cross in the mildest <laughs> form. Um, but yeah, it was it was a. It was a And it was only because I was so immature. You're
1: very, very biddable. You're very kind and
3: nice. Well, I'm just like Jekyll and Hyde. I've seen him on the past
1: month. I'm, I'm a lot better
3: now. I'm a lot better. I think since I've had kids, I've been a lot better.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Tell me about that time when you were in China and you went to China after right. you kind of committed to the cause. Does he need yeah. to his oven off? I love that Andrew's come here and I'm so had to, had that had that to steam his fish in the oven know, like with a very clever contraption. It's,
3: it's an, no, when, when I was in China, I tell you what. You delicious. Know, if delicious. If you read my official bio, it, it, it's very much like... Um, you know, it's, it's like when people go to Australia for a gap year and they come back with dreadlocks, right? And they, they, they make out that they found their soul and, and now, oh, yes, I really found myself. And, and then they went to Thailand and Cambodia for, like, three days and they think that they, they, they became the Dalai Lama over the, overnight. Um, and actually, when I went to China, people think that actually it was this big, massive kind of search for Mecca of, of, of Chinese gastronomy. Actually, the truth of the matter is, is that I went there because... Um, I was bored, number one. Um, number two, um, I wanted to improve my Chinese. Okay. Um, because I did, was you not Chinese? did you not my speak My Cantonese it? is okay. My can- did,
2: did you, you not Cantonese- speak it at home?
3: We, we spoke it at home, mm. um, but I used to bunk Chinese school because it was on a Saturday. Do <laughs> so, you
1: speak Cantonese or Mandarin? So
3: I speak Cantonese, but obviously all my chefs speak Mandarin, so I've yeah. had to learn to I understand I thought Mandarin, Mandarin
1: was the more common... It is,
3: yeah. it is. You know, Cantonese is a very... And very, that's
1: what they teach at school, Mandarin. Sh- exactly, because yeah. it's useful. You know,
3: Cantonese is like learning Creole. It's like you'd learn French instead, you know, just because it makes more sense because more people Mm -hmm. speak it. Um, So, you know, when I went to China, it was like, you know, I'd I'd really want to learn more about my Chinese. I want to learn more about being Chinese. Mm. And I want to learn more about Chinese food. Because actually, you know, when you grow up in a Chinese restaurant in London, you kind of understand in the back of your head that it's probably not exactly the same as cooking Mm. food in China. So my mum was great, you know, they hooked me up with loads of friends in different hotels and restaurants all over China, and I just basically spent time with all of them and working in these different hotels, and they were all very kind of accepting of me, and they were a little bit confused of while I was there, because they were like, you're educated, right? And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I went to university, that's what you mean. And they're like, well, why are you in the kitchen? Because being oh, in the kitchen is it like was the last menial. resort, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, they'll be like, oh, don't, don't do that. Don't worry about that. That's fine. Let's go out. Um, And I'll be like constantly, no, no, no. I want to, I want to stay and I want to, I want to help you. No, no, no. Let's go to the karaoke bar. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, Oh, karaoke. (laughs) No, no. I saw me in Chinese karaoke bars. um, So no, so so I went there and I, I spent time there and people always say, you know, did you, did you learn a lot? Did you learn loads of recipes? I think the, the most important thing that I did learn was about diversity. That fact that, you know, China is a country um, that borders 14 different other countries. You know, it's got the, one of the oldest gastronomies in the world. With 1.4 billion people at the moment, there's so much diversity. And actually, recipes are just recipes. Once you've learned the basics of cookery, the rest of it is kind of understanding culturally and psychologically, mm. like the approach to cooking. And then I came back and thought I knew everything, like every young chef. And obviously, you don't know anything. Um, so you put together a menu, you think you're gonna you're gonna win every award under the sun, and you think that you're gonna be the best thing since sliced bread, and obviously you end up having an are absolute you bi- nightmare. Are you a bit no, I'm not. <laughs> Openly <laughs> 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 to I'm myself, to myself, I'm like, yeah, to. no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I am not i am not i do not think you are at all. Um, but I have very high expectations of myself in the sense that I I think that I can always do better, even though maybe I can't.
2: But y- I mean, so you go from not cooking, eating in the restaurant, and then making this decision for the family and like commitment. When did you fall in love with cooking, or have you ever fallen? You must have, right? Yeah. When did there like was there a light bulb moment with a particular dish or something, or a moment or a meal that just went, oh, okay, now I'm doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. It's not bloody law. It's not chemistry. It's kind of or do you feel yeah. like you're doing the right thing? No, now?
3: no, it was weird. I, I remember very well. I was in a I was in a Sichuanese restaurant in Sichuan, and my Sichuanese Chinese is is non-existent. So I didn't really understand what was going on. And I just kind of, I used to call it Russian roulette. You just kind of go on the menu and just point at something. And you just hope for the best.
1: And do it. people expect you to know what's going on because you're Chinese? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So they, 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 you know, they're talking away to you in Sichuanese. In and you pretend you understand it because you're like, you know.
1: And is there a dialect like Scottish or Georgian? Yeah, Sichuanese is yes. a dialect. Yeah, so, so it's, is it like Geordie
3: or... No, it's, it's probably even more different. Like, okay. you know, in a sense, like Geordie probably... If you spoke English, you could probably understand Geordie yeah. very, quite easily. But actually, is quite different.
1: Okay.
3: Um, and I remember when I ordered it, what came out was like a, a pond of water with like a mushroom floating in the inside. Oh, my God. And I just remember that was the tournament. Where I thought, wow, like Chinese food is really diverse. And I think there's, um, there's a story to be told here. Um, in the sense that I think Londoners um, and a lot of Western we culture just don't know. we just don't know yeah. and I think that was the lightbulb moment it yeah. wasn't so much about I love cooking or you know which, which, I, which I do but it was more about the it's fact that
1: everything to do with the whole
3: yeah. scene. yeah and it, it, it's the fact that there is this story to be told and this um, this message to be to be given on, on, on challenging people's misconceptions mm-hmm. um, and I think that was the lightbulb moment so, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to do something called scalding with oil.
2: Oh, oh Mum, do you want God. to watch this? So this is I'm a, going to take a picture. This of is a it. very, very Chinese technique. OK. Hold on, wait, don't scold you. Have you found that lots of people are doing, because, you know, fallow are doing a kind of turbot head at the Yes. Moment. Oh, do do you feel like it's in... It's in I don't, know, it's, I don't know who was doing the head before, but like Jesse, can we have a proper bowl? It's... what Andrew? Jessie, do you need? Okay, uh-huh. But do you feel like it's it's it kind of it's encouraging? Well, a, kind of whole sustainability uh, move. You know, well, people moving towards more sustainable eating, or do you think that?
3: I think the thing about Chinese cuisine is that it's always been about sustainability. Using every part. Head and nose, head to tail, uh-huh, whatever uh-huh. it is. And although it might be uh, on trend at the moment, it's yeah. something which is just part of chinese cuisine
1: yeah
3: uh, and it's it's a, it's a lot with a lot of kind of ethnic minority cuisines, right um you know this idea of salting or preservation or fermenting like
2: well exactly,
3: yeah. but you know you're even, like,
2: you suckers, we've been doing
0: this all the exactly, time exactly
3: you know and even, even if you look at kind of like um historical Jewish recipes, right there'll be a lot of salted stuff for preservation, yeah, there'll the be fermented... Ring, yeah. like. You know, and, and the big thing is that just because there hasn't been a big massive PR message behind it, mm. that people think that fermenting was invented in, in Nordic countries five years ago, it's just ridiculous, really. Mm. And so, I, I, you know, what I want people to understand um, when they have something like this is that I'm not doing, I'm not reinventing the wheel. Mm. I'm just trying to celebrate something which has been part of our gastronomy for thousands of years.
2: Yeah, it's just a bit of rice. If you oh, want look it. at how she trussed it wow. up with this spring onions. Where's Where's your Where's your kind of go-to place when you're not thinking about a Wong? Yeah, you're switching off. Where's your a few restaurants that you absolutely love?
3: Sure. So number one, we have two kids, so we need to have a restaurant where kids can go to. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Um, which is a bit of a problem these days. Yeah. Because obviously, when you you know when you're a chef and you're in the industry you don't want to um, put your friends in an awkward situation. Mm. Right? You don't want to bring them to someone's dining room and then they trash the place.
1: I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Because,
3: you know, I've made that mistake once. Or two. You know, because chefs are so nice. They're kind of like, Andrew, don't mm. worry. My kids are the same. You yeah, know, you've got but... to bring them so they can learn how to behave in a dining room. I'm like, really? Um, and then you go, all right, let's, let's try.
2: You're like, when can we bring out pepper Pig or Paw Patrol?
3: That's it. But actually, as a, as a diner, I love really kind of... Um, Number 1 spicy and number 2 kind of homely food. So I love uh, a Pakistani restaurant in East London called Lahore Kebab House.
1: Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, Where I, is it? Where? It's a commercial. Road,
3: yeah, or, just off commercial okay. road. And then I love to go to um, I love to go to Chinatown because I still have
2: Where do you go in Chinatown?
3: So my friend's restaurant is uh, my friend's dad's restaurant mm. um, who still remembers my grandfather because they oh. still tra- they traded Times crossed even though he's a lot younger than my grandfather. Yeah. Um, he used to own a restaurant called Harbour City, and now it's, uh, they moved it next to the supermarket, so it's New Long Fong. So we were there. New
1: Long Fong, I think I've been there.
3: Yeah, I'm sure you have. Um, right next to the supermarket. If not, um, his son owns a restaurant in Wingip Supermarket, it's called Reindeer Cafe. So I'd love to go there for roast Chinese meats.
1: Mm. Does Natalie
3: have a look in with the Seychelles cuisine?
2: Yeah. There
3: aren't many Creole, um, Seychelles, um restaurants in London.
2: Do does she cook at
3: home? She well, she does cook a little bit. Her her, her mother, grandma, is, uh, is an amazing cook. Like she, if you ever go to the Seychelles, like they might take you on these tours of like you know let's show you Creole cuisine but actually Natalie's mother's food is the best, the best. It's like octopus curry mm. um, no octopus salad crab curry mm. um, absolutely and they have these they have these red snappers which put the whole of the world to shame yeah. because they're about like four foot long
2: well, you will not um, get that in a fish you would never get no. yeah
3: exactly <laughs> they literally just cut an oil drum in half and cook it on top wow. of the oil drum.
2: So, and and, and your kids like, and they, they want to go out for Chinese food at the weekends and stuff like that, and then... The- That's yeah, darling.
3: Yeah, yeah, My, my more. Of my kids are very... Do they really like your food?
2: food? No, they hate it. Oh, it's Actually, so annoying.
3: They absolutely hate my food. They're like, Daddy, what's your name? Dumpling legend makes better dumplings than you. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Deep down, I'm like, I'm like, I'm raging. So-
2: <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs>
3: All right, I'm giving you the cod. i tell you i give you the cod chi because... I just want you to taste um,
2: yeah.
3: how different a cod cheek tastes when you cook it inside the face, um, as opposed to <laughs> <his face>. um, <laughs> a, as opposed to just having it like. I'm so fry. happy
2: you've done this, Andrew. Thank you, darling. Well, thank you.
3: Because be you know whatever. nowadays you can buy you can buy cod cheeks from the fishmonger yeah. just like yeah. a, just like it's like a a scallop, mm-hmm. but
2: that's very delicious. It's also very spicy. <laughs> Get some rice and you've some things on there, Mum. Is it very hot? Oh, no, Mum! Don't make a scene. <laughs> Drink something. Get some yogurt. Get some, no, you're not going to shame me. No,
3: come on, <laughs> you'll be fine. So I'll
1: have a bit of rice.
2: So <laughs> what is your what is your podcast about? So it's called X O Soused. Um, yeah. Named
3: after a really famous sauce in Hong Kong called XO sauce.
2: And what does that taste like?
3: XO sauce is basically like a, mm. a really luxurious vinaigrette. And the story is, is that in Hong Kong in the 1960s, all the chefs started to compete with one another who could make the most expensive sauce. <laughs> so they named it after XO um, because that was like the most revered you know, French cognac um, at the time. Um, and it's basically mm-hmm. like dried ham with dried scallops, and dried prawns, cooked out with some oil and some chili. Um, and you can literally put it on anything. It's like oyster sauce. And, you know, Dr. Doctor, Doctor Mukta, who we work with, is constantly, you know, giving me facts. And actually the important thing is that actually the work that we do ends up being stuff on the menu. Because, you know, the, the thing is actually for the, for the first five or five or six years at the restaurant, we would just take dishes that I like to eat from around China, and they would just reproduce them, right? So they'd be like, oh, I love, I love black pepper crab, so I just yeah. want to put black pepper crab on the menu. But this is the first time where we've actually gone, you know what, I just want to cook something where maybe other restaurants don't have on their menus, but it, it's a reflection of the work that we, we talk about and the stories that she tells me. Um, so it's
2: kind of combining your social anthropology, sociology, kind of... I don't know, uni- university degree, there's a little bit of that in there.
3: Yeah, I think so. I think it definitely, I mean... It, yeah, it, your mum should be proud.
2: What are some of the new dishes that you have put onto the me- onto A Wong menu that have been, yeah, kind of learnt out of this podcast?
3: Sure. So um, another one would be um, this idea of celebrating um, the journey of Columbus going to, Ch- to China. Mm-hmm. All those ingredients in the 1500s. So obviously potatoes are not Chinese. And things like uh, tapioca root are not Chinese. Uh, they're kind of South American ingredients. Um, and so we've got this this dish which, which centers around the fact that when I'm in China, um, one of the breakfast items that you buy a big sweet potato and they put it into a paper bag for you in the morning and you just chew it while you're walking down the street and going about you know, your, your, your morning stuff. So it ended up being this kind of like barbecued baked sweet potato with like licorice infused soy sauce with fermented black bean and then tapioca pearls. Um, and it, when you eat it, it really reminds me of eating kind of fatty pork belly because you get the crust, you get the kind of the jellification of tapioca and then you get the meatiness from the, the, the starchy potato, um, which, which again taps into a lot of the work that we do about kind of Buddhism and, and Chinese vegetarianism. Um, which actually, again, vegeta- uh, Buddhism didn't arrive into China until 1 AD. So a lot of this cuisine is actually, it originated from India, if you want to be really technical about it. Um, but this idea of, of taking vegetarianism to another level, to mimic textures that you might associate with meat, that is something which um, Buddhist cuisine has really taken to a whole new level. You know, and you look now, you know, the, all this stuff in the supermarket, and, and my, my cousin works for a really big, um, fish finger factory um company right um and they're 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 putting millions into r&d on finding uh vegetarian substitutes for meat. but actually in china that we've been doing it for thousands of years um across the board with with so many different things
2: this is delicious by the way andrew thank you so much so
3: good is that just kind of like your master chef reaction gorgeous
2: but (laughs) i
1: don't know i couldn't cook it the way you've done it why does it not taste oily and you put oil on it?
3: This is the, this is the a technique of, of Hunanese and Sichuanese food. Like It looks like there's a lot of oil in it, but it doesn't taste oily. No. It tastes quite clean on your, yeah. On your palate.
1: Yeah. I'm glad I didn't see it uncooked because it looks fabulous cooked. <laughs> have you had the eye? I'm going to leave
2: that yeah. to Andrew.
3: You sure you don't want it? No. Really yeah. positive.
2: You have it, darling.
3: You sure?
1: <coughs> I mean, I hope it's not Eat offensive. with good health. <laughs> You
2: okay? Oh. So that's the eye. I
3: feel
2: yeah. like I know you're a little bit more. Oh, he's getting the stone out now.
3: No, this is the um, eye socket.
2: Oh, yeah. oh my god! Oh wow!
3: And then this is the this is the, kind of like the, the milky interior of the eyeball, which you can you can eat around it.
2: Oh. Why do you eat around? Okay. Like oh, a, the two is it like a lychee?
3: No, it's like a really overcooked egg yolk.
2: Oh wow! I'd never think about it like that. You don't look like you're enjoying that that much. Or are you just concentrating about getting the stove? It's quite a big eye,
3: don't you?
2: (laughs) I'm not going to lie.
3: Normally when we're eating family meals, it's a small sea bass. And so the eyeball is a lot smaller. This one's the size of a ping pong ball. How
1: did that feel? No wonder your children just want super noodles. Andrew, this is just a little taste of something. Thank you. It's an apple, honey and walnut cake. And it's a Sky Ginjo kind of recipe.
3: Is that how you pronounce her name? glyn
2: Ginjal Glin- I don't Glin- know. I don't.
3: From, from uh, Somerset House. Yeah. Yeah. Would you
2: have some? I'd love some. I need to ask you Sure. what your last supper is.
3: I was thinking about this on the way because okay. I've been listening to him. And actually, I think a more interesting question is, who would I like to have around the dinner table?
2: Okay, do that. Well, yeah. Do both. Do both.
3: So I'm obsessed by Obama. I've got like a Me really too. weird kind of like obsession Ooh. with him. I just love the way he speaks, and that he's like cool,
1: a good person.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you can almost like feel it in his voice that mm-hmm. he's a nice person, like annoyingly nice, but. And super then you see Michelle, and
2: you're like, oh my god, you're both like the best people, yeah. and like you deserve each other.
3: So I said him, and then I was watching the documentary on Bruce Lee yesterday, and so I'd love, to, that. I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to chat to him. Because he died at 33, and I'm already 39. Oh, my God. Yeah, and if he'd lived, he would have changed how the world. How did he die? He died of, like, a heart attack from, like, a, a, um, a reaction to a painkiller. Um, but there were loads of conspiracies about possible other ideas of how he died. But And he, the, the saddest thing is that he died a month before Enter the Dragon got released, which basically took him into, like, the global stratosphere of, mm-hmm. of like, Hollywood alias, which he'd been trying so hard to achieve and for the whole of his out, life, yeah. right? Um, so I'd love to have him at the dinner table. Um, yeah, I only got two at the moment. It's a bit it's a bit of a sad one.
1: Any women? Any women? Yeah. Yes,
3: they're good. they're good. We like Michelle Obama, obviously. Yeah, she's yeah. got to be,
1: there. yeah. Do you have female chefs?
3: Yes, yes. I tell you, and I, I say this real honestly, I, I, we are so lucky in our kitchen because... I haven't done this intentionally but it's the way that I like to work and I like to have a team around me which is representative of society mm. which means you have uh, people from different backgrounds
2: yeah because it wasn't all Chinese no.
3: people at all yeah not only different backgrounds but also different ages mm-hmm. so we have one guy who's um, in his mid 50s we have um, a lady Mei Lan, who's she looks really young but I think she's like 50 something <laughs> good genes Um, you know we have people from Spain from Bangladesh from Uzbekistan from China and I think that it's so nice to have that dynamic in a kitchen because yeah. actually a lot of kitchens in in the country in the UK they're very kind of um, male yeah. yeah male rugby team s kind of demographic yeah. and when you see these young chefs when they come into your kitchen they behave in a very odd way in the sense like you know would you behave like that if there was a lady present and of course they wouldn't right and I think sometimes just having uh, a nice mix present in a, in a working environment, everyone adapts, you know? You're not gonna, you're not gonna be misogynistic and, and overly like ridiculously outspoken when there's a nice mix or there's people to respect in the kitchen.
2: We've got 10 more minutes with you and I still haven't got your last meal.
3: Oh, we've last got, meal, we've got th-
2: okay. We've got two guests, yeah. at the, three guests at the three moment. Three guests,
3: last meal, um, Anything? dim sum,
2: yeah, okay.
3: Definitely dim sum.
2: Where do you go for your dim sum? You do it at your restaurant, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, we
3: do it at the restaurant on I
2: Sunday. Do...
3: No, we don't open on Sundays.
2: No, okay. but I, I love
3: Why dim sum. Why don't
1: you open on Sunday? Because it's because really... my,
3: Natalie would divorce me.
1: I know, but it is a very Chinese thing. It to is now the Sunday, meals. yeah.
2: You
3: know, that we just have to make Saturday Sunday, okay. <laughs> Saturdays are the new Sunday. That's quite good. A1. So,
2: you do you do Saturday dim
3: sum, we do we do everyday dim sum.
2: Oh, yeah okay, yeah and,
3: and the the one thing we do which i think we're the you only restaurant it in the evening no we serve it as like a platter but not as a whole menu the, i think we're the only restaurant in the world that served dim sum individually so I, i'm pretty sure when you go to dim sum like there's three in a basket mm. you have one each and then you're staring at that last piece right you're going well who's going to eat that um so that was a massive bug for me when i was opening a restaurant so i was like we're gonna we're gonna sell it individually which is absolutely a nightmare, for, <sighs> logistically, for the kitchen. Um, but I think it's important to do so that guests can try everything. Can you
1: get it ready beforehand and then just steam it at the end?
3: Oh, well, you have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because we, we, we've been up since, like, seven o'clock making it. Um, uh, so it'll definitely be dim sum. It'll definitely be some kind of soup noodles, because cool. I love noodles. Um, and then dessert. Again, it'll be probably something really... Um, it would either be like Indian mango or like mango sticky rice or if it was like a, like a, a French dessert, it'd probably like, um, it'd be like Pierre Kaufman's like pistachio souffle or like a passion fruit souffle. Ooh. Um, only because like, you know, people always make out that souffle is like really difficult, it's but they're not, diff- easy, they're not yeah. difficult to make at all. Right. But actually I love that romance that everyone's mm. believed that souffles are impossible to make. Um,
1: well you've got to get the liquid right.
3: Though, you do because have to get
1: otherwise it. you're going to end up with a big soup at the bottom.
3: But actually I don't mind that. No, I don't, I don't mind but that you're not supposed to. Sure. But my big thing about the souffle is that the inside needs to be yeah. wet.
1: Yeah, me too. And I love it that however the the bigger the rise.
3: Oh really? You're a size person.
1: Yeah, I like size. Yeah. Size <laughs> matters, Andrew. <laughs> On your souffle, the height.
3: <laughs> um another person I think that, that I'd love to had my grandmother there Mm. because my grandmother Kim Kim, because my my grandmother never saw um, me really become a chef Um, I think she came once when we first opened a restaurant Um, but when it became um, a a restaurant which I was really proud of of being becoming part of my identity Mm. being Chinese Mm -hmm. she never really got to eat my food Um, besides that uh, what else would I have? That answers your question. That was right? quite
2: decisive. Drink. Yeah. Drink of choice. Drink. What would I drink? You're not a big drinker, I can tell. No. Just not as big as you, Mum. No.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not a massive drinker. Um, G&T. Okay, yeah, I love a G&T. G&T. Yeah. This champagne I really love. Well, not champagne, sorry. Sparkling wine. Um, this goes really well with dim sum.
1: Ooh, and the it? one that we
3: had really well cuz uh, to me it's so got like do
1: you serve that at your restaurant? Yeah we well, have yeah,
3: well, it's got like a to me it's got like a hint of strawberry but everyone it's, else
1: it's got a sweetness to
3: it. Everyone else in the wine world disagrees with me. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> so it tastes I a I green
1: taste almost happily, I thought.
3: Well that's it. I, I love the fact that actually I'm an absolute philistine when it comes to wine <laughs> and I, I'm happy to let people know that I'm a philistine. What else should I do? For old time's sake my wife loves um mango bubble tea
2: i've never had I bubble tea bubble it's tapioca tea isn't it tapioca. yeah it's
3: big balls of black tapioca pearls inside like mango juice uh what else we like? oh sour beer there's a Ooh, really cool company um we've just started serving in a restaurant actually I, I, it's new to me too but it's a sour beer like with a kind of like a a kind of undertone to it um and again I, this is education on the job right so yeah. so danny says try this with um, either some Peking duck or with some spiced lamb. Because
2: of the prune. Oh, yeah. Yes.
3: It, it really and I I love watching customers' reaction to it because you know when they when they get in, when having a taste of menu you give them like a, you say to them oh this is a sour beer like you can see in their eyes that I like, I'm not convinced. Well, maybe
1: the words are not word to use. Is it really sour?
3: It is. It's sour. It's it's got okay. like a like a pecan note to it, and it but it's got this it's this pruny kind of yeah palette to it which is really nice as a as a uh, a beer to accompany um food.
2: You I mean you've just said you're not a drinker but you've just named four drinks so I appreciate <laughs> that. That's amazing. I want to know final question. Andrew Wong, what would your mother's or your grandmother's worst table manner be if they like if they were going to see like somebody doing something at the dinner table that would be like offensive to them what would it be?
3: To them or to me? To them. My, my grandfather's biggest one mm. was um, holding a rice bowl with two hands. Oh. Yeah, like that. Because in, in traditional Chinese culture, if you cup a rice bowl with two hands, with your hands underneath, it implies that you're begging. begging.
1: yeah.
3: And he always said that was massively disrespectful to the family because you're not begging. Um, so he would always say that. And my grandfather, again, was really, really old-fashioned, so he didn't believe in people being left-handed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, is anybody left-handed? Yeah, my sister's <gasps> left-handed. For, she, growing up for years, my grandfather tried to get her to use her chopsticks on the right hand because he said that, you know, left-handedness is not it's is not so, acceptable.
2: It's so funny because like, I think of left-handed as like creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly. Like, Andrew, what's your podcast called, just so everyone can hear it? More, like, it's again? called
3: XO Soused. Soused is an S-O-U-S-E-D. And XO is an XO kiss-O.
2: And has it launched? Yes. And so, and you're just, you're kind of doing the episode. We're doing it
3: ongoing each week, as I said. We're trying to intrigue people about a particular Chinese or ingredient.
2: Amazing, you Thank you so much. Thanks. This is we've tried to have this in diet for a good since yeah. I came, but so it's been like over two years. I'm so happy that we got to have you over. I'm Thank so glad so that, that mum got, got to cooking. witness the. I mean, the, charisma, much and like oh, gorgeous. Yes, definitely. And now need to go and eat more of his. Friend. Yeah, now we look
3: yeah. forward to seeing you in a restaurant. No more excuses.
2: Coming, coming, coming. Thank you so much. For no, absolutely. Thanks, pleasure. darling. You. i've been trying to get him ever since i went through his food and that was in october 2018 i wanted this guy on wasn't he fab absolutely adored him so much so charismatic so charismatic so much information and so but much he should cod be running a
1: course on chinese food He's the most knowledgeable person about food I've ever come across. I mean, I, it,
2: that's what I do. Love it when we have a chef on. Yeah, particularly that a chatty chef. chef. I mean, he was yeah, he was fun. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much to Andrew Wong for coming on. And thank God he ate the eye. Yeah, I mean, I felt like he struggled a bit with that whole yeah, eye. Yeah, I
1: think he did, darling. Oh, big bollocks. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Andrew, for coming on on his day off and he must be zonk he's a delight yeah an absolute delight i mean you probably heard it in there but a wong get yourself there good luck getting a table and also exo soused go and listen to his podcast if you enjoyed all the stories that he told you tonight i'm sure
1: there's a load more
2: yeah go to his podcast he should everyone should listen to it I'm going to go for Saturday dim sum. Oh maybe I'll yeah. go for Tuesday dim sum. Who knows? Okay. And I'm taking those super noodles home with me. OK, good. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you for listening.